Windsor, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. Okay! Ta-da! The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Good afternoon and welcome to this show, Let's Do Lunch, with me, Jenny Tishi. I am a registered nutritionist and today I am joined by a very lovely local, we have had lots of people join us via Zoom recently, but given this was Christmas, we'd enjoy, we'd enjoy, we'd, we'd invite Mina to join us. Now, Mina Wood is someone who I've known for quite some time because we are in a very similar field, but you run a nutrition and lifestyle practice in Berkshire called MetaWell. And I know we both have a similar background, um, but we've taken it in slightly different directions, which we are going to talk about today. But I'm really particularly interested, Mina, in the fact that you grew up in Finland. Now, you grew up in Finland between the 60s and 70s. Um, And I'd love to find out a little bit more about your childhood and of course given this is a show about food and nutrition particularly your food memories from childhood yeah thank you very much for having me today this is my first time on a podcast wow. on radio so <laughs> bear with me yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I grew up in um, in um, eastern parts of Finland southeast Finland which is the Saima uh, Lake District so oh big, wow uh, my hometown Savonlinna is um, surrounded by huge lakes so fish is what was always a- available uh, otherwise sort of the the food was uh, quite basic um, at that time in Finland. We didn't really have lots of exotic um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, produce. It was very much local, seasonal, f- wild foraged foods. Oh wow! So um, uh, we had fish. My dad was obsessed uh, with fishing, so we always had home um, ca- oh, oh, ca- caught fish by him. Pike, purge, purge, uh, pike purge, yeah. and a little fish called muiku, which is, I think, in, in English, it's vendus, uh, but it's not available here. It's similar size as a sprats, I, okay. I would say, yeah. and it's fried in butter, and 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 it's lovely. It's would quite, you eat that with the bones in? The whole yeah. whole thing, and and yeah. So every time I go to Finland back now um, in the summer, it will be on the menu, um, and uh, so fish. Uh, Definitely fish row as well. Yeah, of and, course. And a lot of sort of, you know, um, um, wild foraged foods. Mm-hmm. We went to the forest. Um, I wasn't very happy to be taken every summer or autumn to uh, pick be- berries and uh, blueberries, lingonberries, um, uh, wild raspberries. That Those were sort of things that we had to do. I didn't, that time I didn't appreciate it enough. <laughs> yeah, and now I think people it, pay money it, yeah, to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but uh, looking back, it's lovely that kids mm. get that kind of um, um, sort of understanding of where the food comes from. Mushrooms as well. I don't know mushrooms myself, but we always had mushrooms. Um, that's a well. sort of knowledge, I guess, that's passed down from generation yeah. to generation. You know what's safe because yeah. your grandfather told your father or your father told your mother or whatever. There was yeah. always a handing down. Of- I, I didn't learn that mm. myself. I would love to learn that now and mm. understand what we can pick here. Um and then, uh, like I said, the the sort of we didn't have any sort of exotic produce. It was mm. local and very basic foods. Meals were sort of lots of potato, boiled potatoes with some sort of sauce. Mm. <laughs> not not a lot of sort of um, um, different kinds of colors. It was uh, root vegetables that we could grow in in Finland: uh, beetroot, potatoes, uh, carrots, swede, mm. um, cabbages, maybe yeah. uh, salad vegetables, and those kind of things. So not as sort of varied as I 
um, you're like used to now, now. Yeah. but also things like my um, granny uh, lived just around the corner and next to my school so often after after school I popped around to hers and she had several um, apple trees she had a big uh, strawberry patch and so all, always sort of summer and autumn time there was loads to, sort of lovely things to eat mm. uh, berries like red currants and black currants and gooseberries and those kind of things so Lots of local and and um, seasonal produce, which is lovely and healthy, and it's still something that uh, it's always available in the markets and and supermarkets as well at at the right time of the year. And that's the thing, isn't it? So it's yeah. at the right time of the year. Now I'm not familiar with the specific climate of eastern Finland, but would you need to preserve certain foods because there was a, a, a food gap? Uh, definitely, yeah, at yeah. certain times. Yeah. So preserved foods, uh, yeah, definitely, sort of um, jam, making jams and. Mm-hmm freezing things as well berries oh, most Finnish families probably have freezer full of berries from uh, from the autumn um, and uh, mushrooms that people dry them yeah um, I remember my um, dad used to tin fish oh what he used to tin uh, it himself and smoke, smoke fish um, ah. so those kind of things are I mean, yeah, a lot of things that I wasn't really involved in. And uh, I, I have to say, I didn't appreciate it then at all, really. <laughs> you wish uh, you had. But I grew eating fish, which I love now. Sea- seafood is my favourite food, really. And you find it easy enough to get hold of here? Does it taste the same as your childhood when you get it here? Or well, is it different? It's, it's different because yeah. it was freshwater fish mm. mostly. I We had um, salmon and trout as well, but it was those kind of freshwater fish that we ate a lot um, yeah. Rye bread, rye bread is something that is still eaten in most families. Uh, most days, we had uh, the sort of um, traditionally, or when I grew up, we had a lot of um, sort of bread was part of a main meal. So yeah. you ate your meal with bread, and mm-hmm. often it was rye bread. And rye flour is used as well a lot to make different things. Like uh, we have these very traditional things that these days people don't really make anymore, but mm. they, you can buy them in the shops all year round. Um, a rye flour dough, mm-hmm. which is then uh, made into these sort of pa- pasties, um, very thin, um, thinly rolled out uh, pastry, yeah. oval shaped, and you fill it with mashed potato or rice uh, porridge, mm-hmm. which is sort of uh, savoury mm-hmm. rice porridge, and then you sort of crimp it up, and it's like a sl- uh, used as a replacement for a slice of bread. Oh, really. okay. And you can top it with different toppings, but uh, the tradition traditional um, topping is um, egg butter. You boil mm. eggs and then you uh, mix it with butter. So um, that goes really well with those. Wow. What are those pasties called? Uh, Karelian pirakka, um, Karelian pies or okay. Karelian um, pasties, I would say. Gosh, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> and what about um, any fermentation? Was there any sort of, uh, you know, sort of fermenting oh. of things like, you know, cabbage? I know we think of that traditionally in the sort of Germanic cultures, but is there anything like that that you would do? Not, not a lot, that kind of thing. We didn't, we did pickling more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, curing fish, okay, those kind of yes. things, rather than fermenting. Yeah. And your dad tinned the fish. Was that common practice, or was that unusual in those no, days? No, I wouldn't think that it it was common in most families. So okay. it was a bit of a. And yeah. so breakfast, what would that typically be for you? Oh, I, I mean, I have to say that um, it was. Uh, I learned to drink coffee very early <laughs> Did on, you? sort of when I was a, a schoolgirl. Wow! Um, and it was not necessarily very healthy, but it's usually um, it's it's a slice of bread, mm-hmm. often rye bread. But as kids, lo- lots of kids also like white bread. So yeah. it, we had this what we called French loaf, mm-hmm. r- French loaf. Uh, so that was my favorite, probably then. Yeah. Um, and topped with um, some cold meats or some um, uh, cheese and tomato and cucumber lovely so uh, yeah quite basic but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I love that. I love that. Or, or porridge. Or porridge. Yeah. And that would be with oats or would that uh, be oats? oats? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And what uh, other grains? Um, did um, you have your rye, obviously? Uh, rye, any other grains yeah, that were quite... Barley a little bit, but mm. not very much in my family, really. I can't remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, potato. <laughs> Lots of potato. Got your carbs. Yeah, no worries about those. Do, yeah. And then obviously, you know, we're on the 23rd of uh, December here, so we're feeling a little bit festive. I'm sitting opposite you with your Brussels sprout earrings <laughs> in and your Christmas pudding jumper. Um, what were your Christmases like as a child? And are there any typically Finnish traditions at this time of the year? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Christmas in Finland... Um, it's a bit different here because Christmas Eve is the most important day of the of the Christmas period mm-hmm. and that's when we have the, our main Christmas meal and we do everything on Christmas Eve actually right okay wow <laughs> I don't know how people manage to do everything but we, it starts with um, decorating the Christmas tree so we don't on put, Christmas Eve yeah I, I assume these days my families might do it a bit earlier mm-hmm. but uh, then it was always the Christmas tree was decorated that uh, morning we had of course uh, children's TV on because that time we didn't have mm-hmm. 24 hour TV or, or, or you know and, you caught it while yeah, you could yeah so um oh, a long time ago oh my <laughs> god <laughs> um and uh and also um Christmas um Eve morning we often have this what we call Christmas porridge so uh, rice mm. rice made um cooked uh, very long in milk and and served sort of more say I mean it's not season it's not sweetened mm. it's more sort of savory but you can eat it with sort of a um a dry fruit um, okay. full uh, or or kiesily what we call it yeah um, sort of boiled down dried fruit okay um, with, the, with the base of it have a little bit of salt in that's yeah, quite a sort exactly. of scottish uh, tradition isn't it that yeah, to have the I, guess so. I don't know yeah. where it originates but that's no, my connection with yeah. it oh that's what the scots yeah. do yeah so and then um there is always um you go to the graveyard to mm-hmm. uh, leave candles uh at the graves of your loved ones oh past wow i've never ones. heard of that that's wow. a very very common tradition still uh so there's so much um, crammed into one day that yeah. I don't know how they manage this day. Because <laughs> also shops, uh, food shops are open till midday. So those, those people who work, can you imagine oh how busy my golly. And then in the evening, the Santa comes and brings the presses for the children. Because th- in Finland, Santa comes to your house mm-hmm. if, you, if you want it. Of course, not every family does that but often the kids want to see Santa yeah. and there are people offering that service wow um, so um, and uh, the children think that um, all presents come from Santa so there is no sort of family presence like here so no auntie or uncle yeah, or cousin presents no you have to keep it secret gosh um, and then uh, there is this big meal uh, which is more like a sort of buffet there is it's it is sort of um Starts with different kinds of fish, of course. Uh, if you go to the supermarket in um, uh, around Christmas time in Finland, the fish counter is brimming with all sorts of fish. Actually, if you go on um, uh, Jenny, because you are my friend on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. I just posted a memory from three years ago. All the pictures of um, fish counters in the supermarket. Oh, it's just brimming. Wow. I'll go and, and check that out. And um, and the um, sort of chiller aisles where mm-hmm. they have different kinds of packaged fish, jarred um, sort of herring and roll mops and and smoked um, salmon and cold smoked and uh, warm smoked salmon mm-hmm. and all sorts of different ki- kinds of... So fish is really, really important and it's, it's in the buffet in different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, we often also have... Um, it's more traditional in the sort of archipelago mm-hmm. uh, parts of um, sort of Swedish um, uh, speaking area uh, areas of Finland uh, sweetened um, rye bread um, loaf yeah um, and that goes really nicely it's sweetened with um, treacle oh yeah um, I actually made a gluten-free version myself yesterday mm-hmm. um, and I used uh, black molasses oh wonderful I love it love that stuff so <laughs> that goes really well with cured fish yes um, of course and, and different kinds of fish um, mm. so that those kind of things then of course root vegetables are very um, common in the Chris, uh, on the Christmas table as well mm-hmm. so um, different things like um, carrots cooked carrots beetroots um, chopped finely or sort of uh, cubed and then um, with uh, gherkins and eggs mm-hmm. and apple and then you make this kind of uh, sour uh, sour cream dressing with horseradish and you either mix them together or you sort of arrange them 
in uh, strips, colorful strips on a play platter, mm-hmm. and then everyone can um, sort of help themselves with um, with some dressing. So that's very very traditional Finnish yeah. as well. Um, of course, then we have uh, the main thing is Christmas ham, uh, very similar to gammon or Christmas ham here. Mm-hmm. Um, you buy it sort of um, brined, ready brined, already done, and then yeah. you bake it in the mm-hmm. oven, and there's sort of a, a, a mustard crust or something. Okay, so like not that. a sweet glaze; it's more of a it's more mustardy, mm. yeah. Um, and then that. That is often served again. Root vegetables are so big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, it's seasonal, yeah, and it's nice and to see that hasn't changed. Yeah, you know, they're not trying to serve something no. that isn't in season. Yeah, you out many, of season. many many families buy these ready made, but they, they are not difficult to make. But it's a lot. What I don't like about them, I mean, they taste nice, but what I don't like uh, is that. Everything is mashed and yes. baked in the oven, so this sort of there's not a lot of um, texture. Yes, no chewing. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I like to chew my food. Yeah, but, um, what in, uh, the, one of them is um, uh, Swede uh, casserole. Another mm. one is um, carrot and rice casserole, and uh, could be sweet potato casserole oh, these yeah. days. So yeah, um, and they are served with um, with that ham and uh, yeah. So and, of and what? Of, what about pudding? Does P- pudding is um, these days lots of people do all sort of different mm-hmm. um, kind of kinds of things, but traditionally it was the dried fruit, yeah, um, boiled down and uh, served with whipped cream. Oh, nice! So sort quite simple, but yeah. actually really delicious. Yeah. yeah, if you've heard of the word in different languages, sort of Eastern European languages, probably kiseli. is the Finnish word, and I think it, there's a similar word in other languages as well. It's sort of a a bit sort of um, uh, thickened with uh, potato starch, a bit, uh, okay, so that yeah. there's a bit of um, sort of uh, it was it like full? compote, yeah, 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 but with some texture yeah, of the fruits, yeah. yeah, wonderful. And then obviously associated with this time of year, uh, booze. Any particular traditional uh, Finnish booze that would be associated with Christmas or or not? Well, you know, um, we didn't grow up having uh, any kind of um, alcohol with with food. Mm. Um, Finland, so no wine I mean, or my, my I had an alcoholic father. Ah, okay. So um, it was in a different way <laughs> presented, yeah. which wasn't nice. But uh, but in a way, sort of at that time, uh, wine with meals wasn't very common at all. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, vodka in Finland yeah. is the drink. <laughs> Nothing else. We'll have the vodka. <laughs> So, I mean, now, you know, it's really interesting you say that when you were younger, you didn't appreciate the, this opportunity to go and pick berries, fresh berries. You didn't appreciate that your father was, you know, canning your own uh, fish that he'd caught or smoking the fish that he'd caught. I mean, now you are <laughs> a really creative nutritional chef. Um I mean, have you? When, when did you learn to cook, or did you did you learn to cook by watching? And when you were younger, I guess I got that sort of um, example that he did quite a lot of cooking, um, certain things. Uh, my mum and uh, my bigger sister. I have uh, two um, big sisters and one um, younger brother. <laughs> so my big sister was quite keen on cooking and baking and think, doing that, things like that. I necessarily wasn't doing that much at home. When mm-hmm. I went to the university, I did a first degree in uh, Finland when I was still there my first degree um, I um, started sort of experimenting more and cooking for friends as well Mm. and uh, really enjoying it but it was more like sort of basic pasta Mm. pasta carbonara was probably my my favorite my sort of um um, what do you call it? I was going to say pièce de résistance, yeah, yeah, but actually like it's Italian, isn't it? So whatever yeah, that is in yeah, Italian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're the linguist. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things. Um, probably ate quite a lot of pasta and carbs then as well. Not so much, uh, so many vegetables. But uh, that's when I started experimenting with food and really sort of fell in love with eating and uh, in and experimenting and mm-hmm. cooking for other people as well and yeah it's a time of finding your own kind of identity isn't yeah. it and what you I suppose we all grow up is sort of eating whatever's put in front of us so we don't really have much choice and then you go out in the big wide world and you're like oh I might just try this yeah. and experiment with that so what do you most enjoy cooking now what would you say is your sort of favorite dish or favorite type of food to cook 
I've uh, really struggled with these kind of questions, like, uh, <laughs> like the last questions that we come to ne- at the end. Um, what is my favourite? Because I love so many things. Yeah, you don't want to pinpoint one. No, no, you can't. It's like your b- favourite child, you can't say that. <laughs> um, uh, well, I love fish mm-hmm. and seafood. Um, I love vegetables Um it's just experimenting with different kinds of things. I yeah. love trying new things, experimenting with recipes. And, and yeah. you know what, actually, I, I always think this, you know, we here in an island nation, we're surrounded by water and actually very few people eat fish, uh, let alone cook it. And I think a lot of people really struggle with knowing how. So one of the advantages you have is that you grow up in an environment where, you know, it was around you all the time. You know, it wasn't just being fished out of the water. It was being prepared or preserved or, you know, and you were being, you were eating it. So it's lovely that you've got that kind of predisposition to even want to have it. You want to cook it. You want to prepare it. I know from my own perspective, I didn't really eat that much fish. And when I did, it was, oh, it's just not very nice. It was, you know, deep fried and covered in batter and bones sometimes still in it. And it's just not all the things that a child probably doesn't really think is a good thing to be eating. And it never tasted fresh, you know, which I'm sure yours always did. And maybe that's the biggest challenge now we're here. So um, we're just going to take a a brief pause here. But I would love to talk about when you did move to the UK and, and what's happened for you since you've been here. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This... This is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. I'm Jenny Tushy. I am a registered nutritionist and author of many recipe books. And today I am joined by Mina Wood, who is the owner of MetaWild, a nutrition and lifestyle business practice based in Berkshire. So nice and local. Now, Mina grew up in Finland. So we've been talking about your Finnish childhood and some of the Finnish traditions that were particularly Christmassy and I've been getting into the Christmas spirit with it all and getting carried away but you know we're going to move on to ask you about your move to the UK so um, you came to the UK to work for a company in Slough in the 1990s and I was going to ask if this was a culture shock given the you know your background and your it sounds very idyllic in some ways uh, food wise your upbringing were you fully prepared for this move not at <laughs> all it was actually never my um plan to come to england okay i i my first degree was in languages mm-hmm. um german and italian i studied and i i really wanted to go to italy uh, germany I, I did some sort of short uh, stays there doing different things during the studies mm-hmm. um then i happened to get a job in slough <laughs> <laughs> did you look it up on a map and go oh it's not far from Didn't, london yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So that was, it was scary. And I hadn't been traveling a lot, sort of, or or definitely moving to a a country, sort of, for a couple of years. Mm. Uh, That was a a big, big um, shock. Um, My English wasn't that good either. So that was the main struggle I had, probably, Mm -hmm. because I had studied uh, German. My German was really fluent. I I could... um, converse very well with that but now I can't anymore yeah yeah it's out of practice it's hard (laughs) Um, isn't it so but luckily the job the job I got uh, was in a translation agency um, with lots of different European language translators Mm -hmm. as well who were translated translating from English into their respective Uh languages so a lot of people translated from German as well so they we we I could communicate a bit better with them uh, in German um, but of course, I had to start learning to how to um, sort out um, mundane things, yes, you know, yeah, and call you know, bank accounts and yeah, GPs, it, sort it, of, uh, yeah, uh, sort of electricity, mm. all sort of things like that, uh, renting a pro, um, um, flat, and um, so my I was really petrified every time mm. I had to pick up the phone and call a call a some sort of company and discuss something because I didn't understand what they were saying yeah. and I couldn't express myself very well, so. Um, um, it was a shock, m- mainly due to, of course, I had never been in England uh, or Britain, um, and but mainly because of my language uh, barrier. Yeah, and what about the food when you arrived? Was that a shock? Well, I quite loved going to the <laughs> pub with my colleagues. We had lunches, oh. we had lots of <laughs> beer as well. <laughs> yeah, beer, pub lunches. <laughs> yeah, you know, I quite liked, it was all new to me and we, we enjoyed that. <laughs> That's a good way to socialise as well, 
isn't oh, it? And yeah. you know, bonding over a chicken in a basket. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and particularly because a lot of my colleagues were also here as a as a, a sort of foreigners come mm-hmm. came from their countries and uh, didn't have family here, so yeah. we really bonded. And can I ask? Um, obviously, now you are a, a nutritionist. You are a nutritional chef. Uh, how did you get from being uh, a linguist and a translator to where you are now? Yeah, so I I've worked for this company for three years and then I um, started freelancing and doing quite a lot of sort of, um, I wanted to, um, that was technical automotive, which was really Whoa. not my thing at all. So I wanted to move away from the technical stuff and started doing more medical. Ah. And pharma- it was a lot of pharmaceutical mm-hmm. sort of drug-related um, um, texts. Um, so um, I started realising that I actually don't understand. I'm translating something, but I'm mm. not necessarily understanding um the, the background and the, yeah. the context. So I wanted to learn about human body, the physiology, but uh, mainly because um, how I switched or how I decided to go back, back to studying something else and follow my passion in, in food and nutrition, it was because I had my own health issues. Ah. So um, first of all, um, so... We tried to. Um, ha- we have a long fertility journey with mm-hmm. my husband, which never uh, resulted in a, in in a, having a child. Ah. So uh, during that time, I was really, really um, wanting to learn about how I can support my body mm. to to help it to get pregnant, um, and also um, then sort of uh, combined with that um, the the. Uh, how I wanted to learn about body, my body for the translation work as well. Yeah, so of course. I, I decided to do some foundation courses in physiology, human um, biology, and and then that involved um, chemistry as well. Yeah, which really scared me a lot. Yeah, that was that was at the college where I then did my degree as well. So uh, so different kinds of health issues have um, have really resulted me in following my passion. It's incredible that, isn't yeah. it? Do you know, we had uh, last week on the show, we had a, a guy who's a pro cyclist and a type 1 diabetic and he was oh. diagnosed at the age of 10. And he said it was one of the best gifts he'd been given because he understood and still understands so much more about his body. He's about 30-ish now. Um, than any of his peers. And certainly at a young age, but but even now, he knows exactly what his body does and how it reacts and responds to various different things. And it's almost frustrating, I think, isn't it, probably as a practitioner, that people only sort of investigate further, as we do, when things aren't quite yeah. right. You know, But it's a common story, isn't it? It is, it is. I also had a lot of uh, chronic um, aches and pains in my body. Most of my adult life, I've had joint aches and, and uh, muscle sort of soreness mm-hmm. and, and um, aches. And I have osteoarthritis arthritis which is which runs in my family so um i used to have lots of those aches but when i started looking into nutrition and changing Mm. my diet and and doing things um i can manage them so well that if um they just sometimes flare up usually Mm. it's just uh they're not there Mm -hmm. uh, touch foot yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) but yeah yeah, so definitely i also think that um, one of the best things I've done is to mm. follow that path and, and understand my body better. And then now I'm so privileged to be able to help others other people well. do yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, some of the feedback you get is absolutely amazing. Oh, I think it, it, it is very empowering to know that there are things that you can change, tweak even. And I know when I first graduated um, in nutrition, I thought that nutrition was the be all and end all. And so we must just say that it isn't the only thing. No. I mean, there are lots of other things when you said you get flare-ups from time to time and I'm sure if you were to be you know sort of uh, if you were to look at the causes of those nutrition could only be one contributing factor or maybe it wasn't on that occasion you know maybe there was stress in your life or maybe there was too little sleep or you know there's so many factors that feed in but nutrition is really powerful and then knowing that you can tweak things to improve your own health is really powerful isn't it? I probably initially when I started um, 
studying, I probably thought that it's all about diet and supplements. Yes. Uh, but no, not at all. <laughs> and these days I probably talk about stress more to my mm-hmm. clients and say, if you don't do anything else, do this, uh, yeah. stress management or sleep, uh, prioritise your sleep. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm also sort of really passionate about um, looking after my body for the um, as I grow older mm. and, and for a healthy aging process because I have the Alzheimer's gene mm. I know that I, I have a, a, a um, family history of neurodegenerative uh, diseases and my aunt was recently she, she's only early 70s and um, she was diagnosed with mild cognitive uh, impairment so mm-hmm. al- early Alzheimer's and uh, so I know that I have that gene so if I can do something that it prolongs my healthy uh, yeah. health span and um, uh, sort of increases my um, healthy longevity mm-hmm. uh, I can do anything yeah. and that re- it's really motivating and yeah. it's sort of why wouldn't you do it uh, I, I'm totally with you you know knowledge is power yeah, um, yeah absolutely so I know you're really passionate in particular about gut health uh in fact you refer to yourself as a <laughs> gut health detective which i think is perfectly perfectly sums up what you do I try. Yeah. so what advice would you give to our listeners at this time of year it's a time we typically associate with eating too much and not always the healthiest of foods and perhaps not getting enough sleep extra stress um alcohol etc uh, so what advice would you give to our listeners in terms of maintaining good gut health at this time of the year well, I think uh, it comes down to back to stress management mm. a lot because we know that stress uh, really can um, kill our digestive function. Yeah. Um, so I would just always um, suggest people keep it simple and don't stress about everything and try to achieve a really high or perfection what's perfection anyway yeah and and really sort of um, keep it simple and and manage the sort of um, expectations a bit and take some time out as well um, particularly around meal times if you can have sort of relaxed meal times mm. rather than rushing around before and then sitting down and uh, eating and trying to be the, the perfect hostess or host and uh, so that really doesn't support our good digestion so when we don't digest food properly or if the, we don't um, break down food properly mm-hmm. it can lead to all sorts of gut issues and then we don't absorb the nutri- nutrients either um, I would say keep yourself hydrated during yes. the sort of a festive period when we are having maybe more drinks, mm. uh, alcoholic drinks. Maybe have a glass of water every between every glass of um, alcoholic um, drink, um, and um, the, the Christmas dinner is mm. pretty healthy actually if you don't overeat or uh, eat your greens the brussels sprouts don't overcook them but yes <laughs> try, <laughs> but try and have some give left in yeah, them there's yeah. lots of healthy stuff so yeah. when you eat healthy main meals you don't necessarily need to snack uh, mm-hmm. that much of the unhealthy stuff so enjoy yourself i think is one of the best um advice i could give people yeah and and don't stress too much keep it simple it's really really good advice and i think um particularly that uh, piece about hydration you know i think that people of course they do associate i love the fact you're taking a sip of water perfect timing <laughs> um I, the fact is that this time of year people do associate it with kind of almost like oh i've been so good all year and and now i'm going to you know let loose and i'll really relax and i'll have this many drinks but there doesn't have to to be that association having you know a nice glass of wine or aperitif or something with your meal or before your meal yeah. is, is wonderful but yeah. it doesn't need to be to excess and that keeping that glass of water exactly. is really important and also from a kind of hunger perspective because you know you and I both know that if you have alcohol it does play havoc with your blood sugar levels and you might find yourself feeling what you think is hungry later but actually it's a need for another fix you know and actually that could be if you just had enough water you wouldn't feel the need for that fix yeah yes. exactly yeah. what um other advice would you give to people i mean beyond sort of gut health uh, to try and stay healthy and well at this time of year because i think one of the things that happens is again you know people go all out and go well in january i'm going to have this new year's resolution and i'm going to give up this but we don't need to again we don't need to go to extremes so what advice would you give our listeners for right now in terms of living a healthier christmas that's exactly what i was uh, say extremes don't really help they mm. they are just for a short short period of time and then you go back to your normal habits so think about 
sort of doing what you can, what is manageable all year round, um, and really sort of... Um, I mean, it, of course, it's good if people um, drink less and have mm-hmm. a dry January or something like that. But uh, things like detox diets and things like that, I never think that diets work because mm-hmm. they are just short term. So think about healthier eating habits throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And and this time of the year, we often s- uh, spend a lot of time in indoors. So make yourself go out, maybe mm-hmm. in the morning for a short walk, for like a 20-minute walk, or even into the garden for a few minutes to look up the sky and um, and feel the nature and um, he listen to the birds and and that can really be um, effective for good better sleep and and just getting that uh, fresh air and a uh, bit of movement to your body yeah. and also sort of resetting your body clocks and and a little bit of nature therapy I talk about nature therapy quite a lot you do and actually I'm going to ask you something here because I've seen a video of you with your shoes off walking through your garden <laughs> Is that correct? Am I? <laughs> yeah. Well, Tell us a little bit about that. The the benefits, I'm sure, you know, there are, and I think I should be giving it a go. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's quite, I mean, it's barefoot. Going barefoot on in nature is mm-hmm. really beneficial, or we think it's beneficial. So touching touching soil, touching gra- uh, grass and and uh, earth mm-hmm. is um, supposed to sort of. Um, um, I don't know the scientific um, um, sort of um, the basis, basis for, it, yeah. for it, but uh, um, you you are grounding yourself. Mm-hmm. There's something about um, earth and nature that grounds us, yeah. and it calms our nervous system often, and it, it, it just is it, very good. Nature therapy, we know from sort of Japanese um, forest bathing, mm. um, um, what they do there, that it's it can boost our immune system as well, lower our cholesterol levels. So for me, when I do my barefoot walking, I actually go barefoot all year, all, all summer in the garden and in the, into the sort of springtime and into the uh, autumn. And then I do a bit of uh, cold exposure if there is snow or frosty grass mm-hmm. um sort of try to do daily not always in the winter as well just Wonderful. that's the cold exposure part of that yeah oh I, I think and I think you're right I know from the scientific perspective the the forest bathing there's there's lots of evidence oh, yeah. isn't there about the, the health benefits to that I know you're also a fan of intermittent fasting can you share with our listeners what that means for you and and why you're such a fan well I I think it's just sort of um there are so many benefits which are not even part of the sort of physiology or biology because it's also frees time a lot mm. when we are not always thinking about food or what we are going to cook or cooking it so when you when you shorten your um, eating window uh, this is also called time restricted eating mm-hmm. so your eating window is just shorter maybe eight to ten hours mm-hmm. and then you fast the rest of the day or overnight uh, it, it's really quite um, quite sort of transformational because you, you have more time to do other things yeah, and yeah. your body gets a break. Your digestive system is not constantly digesting, which consumes so much energy mm. from other things and also um, it never gets a break sort of to renew and clear uh, these housekeeping functions. We know from um, literature that... Uh, longer fasts can be really good for um, brain health and focus and sort of longevity. Mm-hmm. There are so many benefits that um, can start happening when we let our body have a bit of a break from mm-hmm. uh, constant eating. So what time of day would be your first meal? Well, I would love to eat breakfast and then an early, um, very early dinner, but mm-hmm. it doesn't happen in my family. Oh. Uh, my, my husband doesn't like it and I, I, I like our and time together is important isn't it so So mine is uh, so for for best benefits you would eat uh, breakfast and and um, late lunch or Mm -hmm. early dinner I do it I skip my breakfast Mm -hmm. usually and then I have a um, sort of brunch or lunch and Mm then uh, we we probably finish our dinner around eight o'clock so I don't eat I don't eat between eight o'clock and maybe 11 o'clock so 14 14 to 16 hours usually ah, overnight. So really inter- and what would your brunch typically consist of? Um, I love eggs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so powerhouse. Usually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually something with eggs, uh, lots of uh, veggies, either a sort of salad, uh, just different kinds of things in uh, on the plate, either fresh or sautéed on in the mm-hmm. pan with a um, little bit of olive oil. Um, just lots of different colors. And mm. this morning I actually had um, my other kind of sort of um, favorite bread, uh, breakfast or brunch is um, um, sort of a bowl of um, nuts and seeds, yogurt, mm-hmm. um, different kinds, even um, um, sort of um, frozen peas mm-hmm. in it. So they're quite sweet. Yeah, they nice. are sweet. Yeah. Uh, but maybe oats and uh, lots of um, berries, blueberries, and, and all sorts of different things. So lots of color and variety yeah lovely i love that um and another practice that i think will interest our listeners is the fact that you use a cold water blast at the end of your shower uh what's your reason for that practice well um i actually i feel the cold all the time i feel feel it very easily um so um and uh, I do, did see people in Finland when I was there, and these days cold cold exposure and cold water uh, plunging is very trendy. But when I was growing up, uh, uh, people did um, had those uh, plunges in the cold water in the frozen lake, yes. where they did the hole in the in I've the ice that, and yeah. uh, sea or, or, or lakes. But then often you just go back to the sauna, mm-hmm. and and uh, that's that's something I would love to do. Um, here I do either lake swimming um, during the months when it's reasonably... A little bit. <laughs> my last one was in early October. Okay. So, But I haven't been since. But what I do is the shower. Every time I have a shower, I end it with cold water. Mm-hmm. And I also do sort of splashing cold water on my face every mm-hmm. morning and every evening. What it does is um, it stimulates the vagus nerve, mm-hmm. uh, which is the... The main nerve um, of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposing system of the uh, stress response, fight or flight. So it calms your nervous system down. So stimulating that here and there whenever you can, you can do it in different ways, is really good. Um, but one thing, and it can boost uh, immune the immune system mm-hmm. as well if you do cold um, cold uh, exposure. Uh, but one thing that I like what it does, it gives you confidence because mm-hmm. you step out of your comfort zone. Your yeah. mind grows, your you grow personally. And for me, it's it's an amazing confidence boost uh, to do anything else mm. like uh, presenting my business and and my practice and talking to people. Um, when I know that I can do those kind of things, it's just, it's sort of... That's a wonderful perspective. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, I think it's so important that, isn't it? Stepping outside your comfort zone in order to grow. And I didn't think of what you were saying there as as that. And that is exactly that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And it is about how you view it, isn't it? Yeah. Fascinating. Well, I we're going to take a little moment, a little pause. Um, I would love to talk to you a little bit more about your business, uh, what you're doing at this time of the year, um, and what's going to be happening for you in the future. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da! The Voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch, with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm a registered nutritionist, the author of several cookery books. I'm an absolute foodie. And this show is all about food and nutrition. And today we are joined by Mina Wood, who is from her own company, MetaWell, which is a nutrition and lifestyle medicine practice based in Berkshire. Now, we've been talking a lot about your childhood in Finland, which has been fascinating, your (laughs) Christmas traditions, a little bit about some of the practices that you use to stay healthy, to stay well, and some of the advice that you can give to our listeners around this time of year. But I'd love to find out a little bit about your business. So obviously, this is a second career for you, as it is for me, and it's different from your previous business. So how do you find this time of year, particularly around sort of Christmas, do you find that your business uh, is busy? Do you you see many clients at this time of the year or do you find it gets far busier in January? Uh, well, um, what actually I've been in um, running my practice now for around four years. So two of them have been in the pandemic. <laughs> what a challenge. <laughs> so the two first years I was sort of finding my feet and getting established and getting a bit more um, sort of busier in, in clinic and, and having quite a um, sort of busier, busy client work um 
then the pandemic hit, so it's it's been a, on and off. Mm. A lockdowns, two lockdowns, and so of course then it more or less died down. Mm. I, I mean, it's I find that even though people probably would have had the time, but their their headspace probably yeah, was so a different not, place, it, it, completely different. Mm. So um, so it, it has been busy this year, quite busy. Um, um, I don't know if if I think this time of the year often. Uh, people sort of wind down a bit yeah. towards Christmas, and I like to do the same. Um, I work on a program basis, so my I work with one client, sort of seeing them weekly for just a quick um, catch-ups um, for a longer period. So, of course, I have clients going on, but we often take a break over the Christmas, so a couple of weeks um, when we don't see each other. Um, they can send me questions and I, mm. I tell them if I'm not away or um, I might um, I can reply and uh, support them during the Christmas period but often often they don't they don't need, need it as much but yeah. it, that's a wonderful way to work because it's a very supportive hand-holding yeah. way and people know that if they really need you you're, yeah. you're there most of the time and that's exactly. you know when it comes to the food that you eat and the way that you live you know sometimes we just need that little check in with someone don't we check in with someone else and in yeah. particular if they're a professional in their field that's really helpful yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant so and when you do operate at the moment obviously we've all been facing challenges with this wonderful uh, virus but you are you operating via zoom or or other video conferencing Z- zoom mainly i have my consultation room in my home in bracknell and um i do see clients face to face who want to come to the to the clinic yeah um some sort of elderly clients for instance don't um use zoom yeah. so that's available but most clients are on zoom and days. who's a typical client for you oh um well i probably don't have a typical sort of uh, age or or it's usually people come to me with their gut health issues mm. or I do see sort of women going through menopause or yes. wanting to have a healthy healthy transition um, so different kind of chronic issues that uh, people have tried to understand and doctors maybe not have been able to as help be able to help them so then they start looking into nutrition or uh, so yeah gut uh, gut health issues and uh, various kind of chronic uh, so wouldn't it have been wonderful for you when you first started those translations and you were wanting more knowledge and more information and then with your own health journeys wouldn't it be wonderful oh, to have yeah. met you back in those days <laughs> oh, yeah. if I'd have met myself <laughs> back yeah, in those exactly. days. so you've got a really well-established practice now and I mean you know you said about it being four years it's I can't believe that yeah, it's, it's only four years I feel like you've been someone oh. on my radar for a very long time and um, what are your plans for the future um, I'd like to start uh, creating some online courses so mm-hmm. to reach more people. Um, not everyone can um, can do one to one programs, yeah, uh, or want. Um, so my plan is to create at least uh, initially one um, online program uh, for for a group um, of people. Um, I'm running the. I don't know if you know about recovery colleges. Um, no. So there is a. I don't know if they are nationwide, but um, in the local area, there are some recovery colleges, which are um, stepping stones, they're called, mm-hmm. and they are mental health services for people, anyone really. This is a new setup in Bracknell, which um, um, we we do sort of um, free courses and workshops and sessions for anyone living in Bracknell and uh, the area. So um, I'm doing a food and mood course there. I run one in the autumn term and there's, it's um, going to be rerun in January. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested in the gut and brain yes. axis and the food, how our food affects our mood. So that's uh, probably something I'm going to transfer into an online program as well. That is absolutely wonderful. So that's something that you're volunteering your skill set towards um, or you well, uh, I am paid, but, yeah, uh, but it's uh, free for everyone that's to attend. Attending. So um, anyone can attend. That is available for people living or working in the Bracknell Borough Council area. If, if people wanted to find out more about that, where would they find uh, out about Stepping that? Stepping Stones Bracknell, um, Google that, and yeah. you should find their website and the timetable for the new term. For the different courses yeah, that yeah, are available. Definitely. There's all sorts of creative things like singing and creativity and uh, also information on... Uh, 
uh, different kind of uh, mental health issues mm. and loads of stuff. Amazing people uh, doing those. Do you know, it's a, it's a huge area. I think, in, well, we know that the stats, uh, people that are suffering with mental health illness have gone up. So it's gone up in across the board. I know certainly yeah. a lot of teenagers that are suffering more. Um, when you look at the connection between the gut and the brain, uh, it, it is so, the evidence is so overwhelming that without a happy gut, we don't have a happy brain. Yeah. Is there any advice that, or, or just maybe perhaps um, just a, a level of understanding that you can give listeners that may sort of spark an interest to learn more um, when it comes to that connection? Is there anything that you could share? Because I think it's one of those areas, and certainly in the work that I do, you know, running workshops and things that people don't always make that connection. Mm. And I think it's so, so important. And particularly at this time of year, we know that, you know, divorce rates increase post-Christmas. There's a lot of unhappiness, uh, discontent, shall we say, that comes to the surface at this time. We don't have a lot of sunshine. Many of us are low in vitamin D, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to the link between the gut and the brain, is there any sort of surface level understanding that you can provide our listeners that would help them? Yeah, I would say um, think about what you are eating. Um, is there a lot of processed foods, mm. packaged foods? What's, read the label uh, before you buy it. If there's a lot of words that you can't pronounce or don't know what they are, they're probably not food ingredients. They are additives. They are things that can really harm the gut. And when we harm the gut, then it harms our brain as well, sort of indirectly. Um, so adding colour to your plate, mm -hmm. uh, thinking about all, all the colours of the rainbow, uh, maybe each day, um, if not at every meal, mm, and uh, variety, just yes. um, adding more variety, trying a new food. Even that, uh, I talked about um, getting out of your comfort zone. Yes. Uh, so adding new foods, trying out new foods is getting out of your comfort zone and also uh, giving your body, your physiology, uh, um, a new experience, and and uh, so um, just trying out a new food maybe every every week or something like that. I love that. So simple. It doesn't need to be complicated, does it? Doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I get one of these um, vegetable box deliveries. I get the mm. one that's basically all of the vegetables and fruit that supermarkets won't sell because they're too big, too small, too ugly. I feel like I'm doing something good by doing that, but also I get such a range, and it's a bit of a joke in our house that you know somehow I seem to make it into another really nice meal but the point is you know all of those vegetables and fruits are going into something that we're eating it's exactly. already been rescued once we're not going to lose it we're not going to get rid of it ourselves we will use it in some it might make for some yeah. strange concoctions at yeah. times but <laughs> and exactly that's the thing people might be afraid of not being able to produce something amazing home cooking doesn't have to be amazing those things that we see in on telly mm. uh, all those amazing cooks producing it doesn't have to be like that it can still taste lovely yeah. and it's healthy um, when it's cooked at home rather than let the corporations cook uh, exactly cook there it. are no rules no, you know i think we, no. we we can easily be led can't yeah. we by what we see as normal the whole meat and two veg concept for example but actually it doesn't have to be that way and i know one of the things that i talk about is sort of celebrating vegetables the hero exactly. naming your dishes after the primary vegetable in it yeah. you know the sweet potato chili for example well that chili could have meat in it it doesn't have to but you're naming it after the primary vegetable and then that makes you think slightly differently it's a different yeah. mindset isn't that yeah so um you are are you whereabouts are you for christmas are you here or how are you going to be celebrating it this year it's going to be quite a quiet christmas for us um the the main days uh, me and my husband um we are seeing some of his family at some point uh but uh christmas eve will be sort of a buffet finish, yes. uh, fish and stuff and a buffet then, a buffet yeah so i want to come to yours <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but you are away, I, I think. Yeah. So, um, um, and Christmas um, Day will be sort of a bit of a fusion of Finnish and uh, British. So we are going to have some pork. Like um, it's not Christmas ham as such, but pork, uh, roast pork, and and various um, trimmings. Oh, uh, I love that you've got both kind of Finnish, British, yeah, British. We've gone <laughs> yeah. for a British Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> of English. Of English. Yeah, yeah. That sounds very strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I love it. Um, so if people want to find out more about you and, and what you do, where can they find out more about that? 
Um, so my my website is metawell.co.uk. I'm on website. I'm, I'm on Facebook uh, as uh, Metawell, and I have a Facebook group, um, Healthy You for Life. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Minna.wood. <laughs> oh, everything is different. And then of course uh, LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm I'm there. You can Metawell find was very well chosen. You would have not known when you chose that name uh, what was going to happen with Facebook, would you? Oh, I'm <laughs> and a the bit, metaverse. I actually was. Really really didn't like that um, mm. what they did my company name comes from uh, my uh, initials Minna Wood MW oh. and I like the the way that they are opposed op- that when you write them down they look the opposite yes opposite. of course yeah and then also um Metabol- metabolic wellness it's mm-hmm. it's short, short oh, so that's that where, where it's come from so a bit of sort of uh word play but um now facebook has sort of spoiled uh, yeah. the whole thing <laughs> somebody might be after you with a lot of money at some point <laughs> who knows <laughs> so on to our quick fire questions oh. we always do these at the end of this this show um what would be your death row meal your final meal on earth Oh my God, when I thought about this again, I said, um, I can't decide for one, but it must be seafood. Of course. Um, sort of seafood buffet, um, maybe maybe some octopus there. <gasps> Although um, I've since um, learned and read about octopus, how um, intelligent they are, so I'm a bit worried about, about eating, eating it. Mm-hmm. But it's yummy. Um, and maybe a proper Nap- Napolitanian, uh, how do you say? Nap- Neapolitana. Nap- oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, proper good pizza because ah. I'm gluten free mm-hmm. so I hardly ever eat pr- proper pizzas so maybe something like that a nice buffet with a little bit of pizza a little uh, lots of seafood yeah lots of bits <laughs> including lots of seafood who is your favorite chef again difficult um I have a bit of a girl crush on Nigella <laughs> I can get that yeah the way um, she looks at the camera with that yeah, sultry but, yeah but mainly look. The way she talks, mm-hmm. her sensuous words about food. She mm. loves food, and that's. I, I'd love to talk like that, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you could. <laughs> um, what is your favourite restaurant in the area? I'd really like um, the Bluebells in Ascot. Oh, um, so what sort of food do they do? It's sort of modern, quite nicely presented. It's it's. I, I can't sort of pinpoint what mm. what cuisine it is. Mm. It's modern modern style. And uh, blue, lovely. blue bells. Do you say? Blue bells. Blue bells. Ascot, yeah, I have to that's look one of my favourite. And is there someone you'd like to eat that you haven't eaten yet? Um, maybe the fat duck in Bray. Oh, just to have the experience. Yeah, and, it is an experience. Yeah. Have it you is. been? Yes, oh. I have many, many years would ago. Would you I recommend? I definitely mm. would. It would. Uh, I went with. Uh, I went with my husband quite a few times, and we're both real foodies and very open-minded, and we both love the theatrical yeah. element to it. Took my parents. They, it was lost. They didn't quite get it. They liked their really good French food, but they didn't like all the fanfare yeah. and all the, you know. My hubby is not into that at all. That's why we haven't been. Oh, <laughs> we'll go together. Yeah. Uh, fancy dinner party. If you were allowed four guests at your fancy dinner party, who would they be and why? Well, um, I think it's going to be a f- um, all female um, guests. Um, so I was thinking. Girl power. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Princess Diana. Oh, I would really like yeah. to talk to her and find out what really went on what really happened Mm, is the crown telling us the truth yeah (laughs) and then also amy winehouse uh for also for her story and Mm -hmm. and her she could sing yes i love her singing we had her guitarist on one of the shows here recently yeah Uh, and then um i was thinking of sort of maybe an artist so i thought frida carlo oh uh, wow yeah she had an amazing um interesting life and also i love her paintings and i love the style and and, um and then a a really fictional character phoebe from friends (laughs) brilliant what a great list (laughs) i think that's one of my favorite lists what a great way to end the show thank you so much mina wood you have been really interesting i I love listening to you about lots of different things. I feel like I've learned lots. And oh, I said at the outset, you know, we are from uh, a similar background in the sense, you know, it's a second career and we're both into our nutrition yeah. and we do do slightly different things with it. And I think you can always learn from others. Everyone's got their own perspective on things. Uh, and for me, you know, hearing about the barefoot walking, particularly on that frosty, crisp grass, I mean, I take <laughs> the dog out every morning. Why don't I just take my shoes off for five minutes? You know, and I love the idea of that cold blast at the end of my showers because actually that would be really exhilarating.
exhilarating. Yeah. And I have done that in the past because my parents love narrowboating. And so we ah, used to do narrowboat holidays. Um, you've been wonderful to listen to. And thank you very much. I'm feeling very Christmassy. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to everyone that's listening. I hope everyone enjoys their food. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Is there anything you'd like to finish up with, Amina, before we go? Well, have a lovely Christmas, enjoy everything and keep it simple. Keep it simple. I think that is absolutely so important. Thank you very much and thank you for listening. Goodbye.